This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, this morning we're going to do something just a little bit different than what we typically do. Um, For those of you who may be new to Impact or don't know, we have something that we call an an internship. And so we run it for nine months of the year. And uh, as part of the internship, um, the interns all prepare what we call a God talk. Um, And so they spend the spring semester, uh, Cameron goes through a a course on communication with them, and and, uh, it's their task to put together um, a message. And so they all did it. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, they presented to one another, and uh, there was one that really gripped us. Um, They all gripped us. Um, But um, when Lindsay shared her God talk with us that week, we, we actually, all three pastors, we were there, and we kind of all went, oh, that really fits for Mother's Day. That, just, that theme just really, just beautifully fits with what God wants to communicate on a day like today. And so we've asked Lindsay uh, to come and to share her God talk with us. And so please welcome Lindsay this morning. Thank you. So I call this, um, You Are God's Masterpiece. Have you ever been drawn into a piece of art? really touched, emotionally sparked. Perhaps it made you feel really happy or brought up a memory from deep within your heart. That's what we love about art, the way it speaks to us. That's what makes us want to buy it and hang it on the wall or display it on a shelf. I know I really appreciated the art my daughter gave to me this morning. (laughs) Art has so many forms to appreciate. Music, worship is the best. Um, There's poetry and pottery and sculpture, but my favorite is painting, oil painting in particular. What I love about oil as a medium is that I can blend it really nicely together. I enjoy that it takes some time to dry because if I want to go back and fix something even a few days later, I can. What I love the most about it is that it's really thick and I love to layer it and create a painting that's not only nice to look at, but is very interesting to touch. I began to think about life as layers in a painting. We've heard the expression life like chapters in a book, but I invite you this morning to think about life like layers in a painting. I'm so glad for God's plan for my life. I'm so glad for God's plan for all of your lives. I'm thankful that he sees us as one of his masterpieces. We all fit together in this beautiful piece of art that only God can create. Every one of us is our master's piece. (laughs) Psalm 139, 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Fearfully, wonderfully, marvelous. God is painting you as his masterpiece. Fearfully. Fearfully means to revere, to have a high value for something. You are so valuable to God. Wonderfully means to be distinct and set apart and distinguished. And marvelous means extraordinary. God is making you his masterpiece with reverence, having such a high value for you. He is making you wonderful, set apart, distinguished. 
He is an extraordinary God, making you his extraordinary masterpiece. <laughs> Every painting starts with an idea and inspiration. I like that moment when I'm up in my painting room and I peel away the plastic from a fresh canvas. I actually take a moment to breathe it in. I love the smell of it. <laughs> I love looking at that blank white canvas and seeing the potential, having that inspiration, trying to picture how it's all going to turn out. I can picture God in his art studio somewhere in eternity, proudly looking at that blank white canvas, being able to picture perfectly how all of your lives as his masterpiece is going to turn out how all the layers will fit together to make a distinguished, extraordinary person. Each person inspired for a reason. And John 17, 24 says, God loved us before the creation of the world. God made you his masterpiece before the creation of the world, and that is extraordinary. So the first layer of paint that I add to that blank canvas is usually a thin layer. It's the background color. It sets the tone for the painting. It covers over that white, and it sort of, it sets the scene. In some paintings, that background color is meant to show through. For example, if I was to paint blue, a blue sky, I would want that to show through. And sometimes that background color is just meant to be canvas preparation and not meant to show through at all. In our life painting, I thought about this as our personality. God makes us extraordinarily unique with a personality, a base personality. He loves us all so uniquely, it's amazing. So that painting where some of that background color is meant to show through is someone's personality who, um, it stays the same throughout their life. I know like me, I'm naturally an introvert. I prefer small crowds, but I'm up here. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer quiet environments and reflection. I've learned to be more assertive in life when I need to be, and I'm okay with large crowds and loud worship. <laughs> but I do prefer smaller crowds and quiet spaces. There are other people that feel like their personality is much different than what they were made, um, what they were like when they were younger. That would be like a painting that that background um, color is just completely painted over. God made you with an extraordinary personality. My next layer of paint is thicker. This is where the fun begins for me. I use a palette knife and I like to spread that paint on thick. It's that first layer that creates that textured look that I love so much. So this is where a lot of drying comes into play. If you know anything about oil paints, because it takes a while to dry and the thicker it goes on, it does take some time to dry. So I want to introduce you to the drying period. And I liken this to character building. So in some paintings, I can begin my next layer without needing to let the first layer dry completely. So for example, if I was painting a sunset with pinks and yellows, and I did not let that dry completely before moving on to the next layer, that would be okay. If I was painting oranges and pinks and yellows together, they would just make a bunch of nice shades of orange. With character building, I think of this as those smaller stages that almost just happen naturally and are unnoticeable. It's time with God and reading God's word, letting him change your heart a bit at a time. It's not even noticeable, but it is to those around you. Again, he's making you extraordinary, his masterpiece. Hmm. 
However, there comes a point in all my paintings where complete drawing is necessary. I recently learned um, I was painting a campfire and I was painting um, really nice thick dark brown rocks as the base and I wanted to move along to my next layer without having it dry completely. So if you think about a campfire and you have that wonderful bright flame reflecting orange and red on those rocks. And so I thought orange and red and brown, they're all complementary colors, so I could just paint over it. If a little bit of brown got in there, that would be okay. That would look like a rock naturally, I would think. But something unexpected happened because I did not let that brown layer dry. Green had come out. <laughs> so I knew I had to put that painting away out of the dust and let it dry before moving on. If you think about it, I thought about it afterwards and um, it made sense once I thought about it because to make brown, you have to mix a bunch of different colors together and one of those colors is blue. So the yellow of the orange was picking up on the blue of the brown and making green. I did not expect that. But with character building, it's foundational. So we need to let that sit. We need to let that layer dry. We need to let God grow us firm in his word before we can move on to the next layer or something unexpected may happen. <laughs> Matthew 7 in 26 and 27, I'll summarize, but we know that verse, a lot of us are familiar with that, that your house built on sand crumbles. So that firm foundation just has to be there. Um, another lesson I learned in painting is that the thicker the layer of paint, of course, the longer it would take to dry. So the bigger the character stretch that God is pulling you through, the longer it's gonna take you to just sit there with him and let him do his job as he knows best. I was doing a painting of an island as if up in an airplane looking down on an island. And this island had a mountain that I wanted to paint, really nice and thick and popping off of that canvas. But instead of doing it layer by layer and letting it dry a few weeks at a time, I thought I'm just gonna make the whole mountain all at once and it'll be okay, it'll dry the same amount of time. But I rushed it and it did not dry in the same amount of time. It took five months before <laughs> I would still poke it months later and it would still be gooey underneath. So we can't rush the process. Only God knows what our character needs now and what it's gonna need to support in the future. God gives us only what we can handle. <laughs> when we think of the drying period as character setting, we just have to trust God. He's the only one that knows what layer is next. He knows the end from the beginning in Isaiah 46.10. That's what it tells us. God is so amazing. He knows what needs to be added next to your life's masterpiece. The new character is not meant to blend with the old one, but to be set upon it, to grow upon it. And when that oil dries, it is very firm. There's nothing you can do to get it off that canvas. Hmm. So I picture God again in his art studio, waiting for that drying period so patiently. We may feel ready sometimes, but God knows that we're not quite ready yet. He knows what our character needs and how long we need to dry and grow in him. We may want the next, we may be praying for the next and the more with God, but he's just letting us settle a little bit longer. It may be um, one of those times in life that I've experienced over the last few months of a challenge that has come up that's very similar to a challenge in the past. Do we 
take on that challenge with a better character this time? Did we learn anything from the last one? God may be just waiting for your character to become a little more dry. <laughs> Not dry boring, but dry firm. <laughs> Um, at times, he is the one waiting for us to be ready. He's got his palette full of amazing colors left to put that next layer on, but we're not quite ready. We're holding back. We're fearful or guilty or perhaps complacency has crept in. But God is so excited about each of his masterpieces. Just let go and let him do what he needs to do in your life. Sometimes we are given a layer by God before we feel ready, but again, he is the artist. He is the master of his pieces, and he knows what we're ready for, even if we don't feel ready. Christine Kane has a quote, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Just trust that where you're going next with God, he's got you. He's not going to let his masterpiece be ruined. It is God who says in Ecclesiastes 3.1 that he knows the time for every purpose under heaven. It is in the waiting, in that drying, that we grow that we press into him, that we practice our faith, and that we become firm in our faith. And then comes the day when the next layer is put on. There are times when I'm painting that I don't always like how it's turning out, a mistake is made perhaps, but it's not really a mistake, it's always a part of that painting. As the artist, I know that I can just paint over it and move on, and it's okay. You can think about it again, or you don't have to at all. God knows it's there, and God uses everything. The reason it belongs, even though I might think of it as a mistake, is because it has caused me to take a different look at the painting, to look at what I don't like about it, what I do like about it, the next direction I want to go. All guided by God, of course, as his masterpiece, but we get to feel it along with God. What is seen as a mistake, God turns into beauty. My favorite verse of the Bible is Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love God. Hmm. Layer after layer, that art piece comes together. Extraordinary. All of you are so extraordinary. That art piece has a story to tell. The master's piece comes together. No matter the layer you are living today, God is the only one with the grace and the power to get you through, to mold you the way that he intended to mold you, perfectly, in reverence, extraordinary. When the painting is finished, like any artist, oh, I think I missed a verse. Let's go back, because I do like this one. Isaiah 46:11. what I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. God has purpose for you in every layer. Now on to the signing. <laughs> Thankfully that painting is finished and you know, as an artist, you're happy with how it turned out. Um, you're gonna sign it. I sign that bottom right corner, put my mark on it as complete and mine. And God does that with all of you. He puts his mark in your heart. He plants himself in you so that you search for him. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. He seals us with his mark, his masterpiece. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, he has set eternity in the human heart. 
And I love how Acts 17 puts it. I'm reading from 25, 27, and 28. He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. God did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out to him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. I invite you to look at the layers through God's eyes, the layers of your life. You may not think it's an extraordinary layer right now, but he does. He uses it all. He is the artist, the master. He will complete the masterpiece of your life the way he intended it perfectly. Hmm. Philippians 1.6 says, He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that complete it means perfect it. God doesn't just slap paint on a canvas on his masterpiece and say that's good enough. He perfects it as a masterpiece until the day of Jesus Christ. And I started to think about what that, what that day might look like. When I get to heaven and review my life with Jesus, scenes from my life flashing across a sky-sized screen. I don't know what it's going to be like, but this is what's in my head. Is that Jesus is there with me as scenes from my life are flashing. And I've always pictured it from beginning to end, from birth to death. But what if it's from death to birth? It would be like God lifting off all of those layers one by one. Jesus stands beside you in comfort as those layers of regret and guilt come off, perfected by the one who perfects you and stands beside you with all of that. Those layers of loneliness, brokenness, abandonment, and those beautiful times of life too are revisited. The challenges are seen with new eyes. The reasons for those challenges uncovered. God removes all the layers. He uncovers the person he always intended us to be, pure, holy, unblemished, a masterpiece, God's masterpiece. Thank you. Do you see why we wanted her to share it? That is awesome. We were so moved by this. We were very moved by everyone's uh, God talk. Um, but we thought, especially for mothers, on a day like today, to think of your life in those layers is a beautiful thing. And uh, we just want to thank you, Lindsay, for sharing with us this morning. That's awesome. I, I really, I was struggling to go, how do you add this up or, or end anything off after this? Because it's so beautiful, just in and of itself. Uh, but I just wanted to share a couple of quick thoughts before I let you guys go today. Um, but what, what a beautiful thought of being God's masterpiece. What a beautiful thought that we are all just something unique that he has created the way he wanted it to be created. Such a beautiful thing. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That is his intent and purpose is to literally reveal to us the things that he planned for us. Just like Lindsay said, he, he didn't just come up to that canvas and go, oops, like, oh, you know, sometimes we get the green, right? And we're like, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> but, but God knows exactly. He has a master plan because he is the master. And I love how you started off and said, we are each the master's piece. What a beautiful thought. Um, but I don't know about you. Have you ever got up in the morning and looked in the mirror and you're like, wow. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I want to thank, 
I want to thank Michelle for her cooperation in this matter. And thank you, Sarah, for having a fun photo session with her. But, you know, when you get up in the morning and you go, whoa, that is God's masterpiece. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, how many have those mornings where you're like, God, that's it's a masterpiece. That's, that's awesome, Lord. <laughs> yeah, great. You know, sometimes that's our attitude, but it's all in the intonation. See, all of us see a different thing. It's all in the intonation. So maybe you're like this. Wow. That is God's masterpiece? Are you sure, Lord? Because I don't really feel that way. Is that, is that really what you want? I'm, I'm your masterpiece? Or we all know those people, none of you have ever done this. But this next attitude of our heart can shine through every now and then and go, oh yeah, baby, wow, that right there, <laughs> that's God's masterpiece, you know? Yeah, none of you have ever said that, I know. It was only Michelle. Um, <laughs> where are you? I can't even, right there, oh, she's, oh, she's, oh, there you are. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to miss it, right, Michelle? There she is. But then there is that, the attitude of our heart that God is after in the end. When he speaks to us about being his masterpiece, there is this fourth attitude that we can have when we get up and we say, wow, that is God's masterpiece. It doesn't matter how I feel about myself. It doesn't matter what blemish I may be looking at right now in my character, in the way I've made. But I'm God's masterpiece. Can I say to you this morning that the way we respond when we look at ourselves shows exactly where we're at in our journey of accepting who God made us to be and how he's constantly adding to who we are by changing us, transforming us, and loving us into the best version of us that he imagined all along that we would be. But sometimes it takes layers, like Lindsay said. And so I just want to wrap up this morning with a couple of simple thoughts from this verse about being God's masterpiece. The first thing is this. When we understand that God created each of us, not just with purpose, but on purpose, that each of us is his masterpiece, our master's piece, then we learn to accept his unconditional love. Because then we don't have to strive to be something that we're not. We don't have to try to be someone else, but we can actually just settle into the fact that God loves you unconditionally. He loves you passionately. And he created you as his master's piece to put on a display in his art gallery, in this great gallery called the world where he is displaying each and every one of us to be his pride and joy, his master's piece that he puts on display to say, I love you. That's why I made you this way. When we understand that, we learn to accept his love. I'm going to quote a verse that Lindsay already read just because it's so good. Psalm 139.14 says, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. The area of our soul is actually our mind, will, and emotions. How many of you have head knowledge that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and you can accept it because that's what God says and you, as a good Christian, you should accept that, right? No one has ever had that moment. Okay, good to know. But God wants you to actually know in your soul 
It says here, the psalmist says, my soul, my mind, my will and emotions know so well that I am fearfully and wonderfully made because you created me, God. It's a beautiful thing. I remember years ago, I, was, I used to not oil paint, never did that, but I used to sketch and draw a little bit in my, <laughs> in my young years. Okay, long time ago. But, um, but I remember once just being out in, in nature, it was like this lake with this gorgeous sunset, and I was just out there, and I was just kind of talking to God, and, and I, I was literally just kind of speaking what was on my mind, and I said, God, you are just so creative. I said, look at your beauty. And it was this perfect picture. And I remember standing there going, God, it's, it's breathtaking. Your creation is marvelous. And, and your creation is beautiful. And I heard him speak to me. And he said, that's how I feel about you. I've never forgotten so I can honestly say at that stage of my life, that's not how I felt about me. But I realized in that moment that if I were to try to recreate this beautiful picture, I wouldn't want to change a thing because it was perfect. And God said, yeah, that's how I feel. I created each of you on purpose. Now the beauty of God is that when we do have little things that need to be adjusted, he layers them. And he makes them even more beautiful. And he's so creative that he can take something that feel, we feel is never going to work, never going to fit into that picture, and he makes it work. He blends it in, and he, he covers it if it needs to be covered, or he creatively makes it into something else because he's that good. The second thing is this. When we see what God sees, we can live in complete humility yet confidence. See, the greatest form of humility is confidence in God. Not in ourselves, not in our own ability, but confidence in God. Because then we know that there's nothing we can do to deserve his love. There's nothing we can do to deserve his beauty of his creation, but we can be confident in him and that he has made us new in him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. All things is a big thing. It literally means when you come to Christ, you can come to him with your regrets, with your mistakes, with your past, with those ugly parts of your painting that you hope no one will ever see. And he says, I'm going to make you new because I've made all things new. Don't let your past define your future. Allow God to transform your past, to use it in your future. Sometimes God layers us, like Lindsay said. And there's things that only God knows about. And they're there. You, you know what happened but he covers you. It says that love covers a multitude of sins. 
So sometimes there are those things that actually build our character, that are part of our journey. And God doesn't always just remove every memory. Sometimes he lets them sit there, but he covers them beautifully in his most creative way with his love so that we can have a strength and that texture. I love it how that, that texture is something that is just so intriguing because it's part of who we've become because he knew all along, like Lindsay was saying, when he peels off those layers at the end, we'll see why those moments happen. The third thing is this, when we allow God to be in control of the brush, we will embrace every season. Allow God today to be in control of the brush of painting your life. You know, have you ever imagined yourself, I, I don't think Lindsay would appreciate it if I came into her art studio, <laughs> grabbed her brush and went, oh, let's do a little here and a little there. And you know, oh, there's green in that campfire. Let's make that a plant, right? Um, I think Ryan would like break my arm or something. Uh, but no, he would no, because Ryan's so nice. He would just be like, thank you, pastor, for adding your input, you know. Um, <laughs> Because they're just lovely people. But, uh, but the reality is, let God be in control of that brush. Because he's got the perfect strokes at the perfect time. And when you allow God to fully be in control of the brush of your life, then we can embrace every season, even if we don't understand it. Rabbi Zacharias said this, the t- time is the brush of God as he paints his masterpiece on the heart of humanity. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in that, in that span called time. But when we trust God to paint our life picture, then we can embrace every season. Sometimes we go through challenging seasons, and it's easy to lose heart or to lose focus because we don't understand the reasons or the seasons at this stage. But like Lindsay already pointed out, God knows the end from the beginning. But we know the now and the now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're like, God, good for you. But like, I'm not really getting it here because I, I know the now. <laughs> and that's where I live, God. So, you know, would you hurry up and not wait? But we can embrace every season. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I don't know where you're at this morning, whether you're a mom or anybody else, uh, but in your season of life, maybe you're going through something and maybe you feel like you just want to give up. You don't, you don't understand what's going on. You don't know why God have you, has you in this season. You don't know why your drying season is five months long. <laughs> but God, God kind of goes, oh, not quite dry yet. But it says in this verse, do not grow weary while doing good. Remember that first verse that we read? That God's purpose is that we should walk according to the good that he already planned. This verse is just reinforcing that. It says, don't stop doing good because you will reap if you do not lose heart. The fourth thing is this. When When we see God's master plan, we will realize that he has prepared good things for our lives. And good works for us to do. It actually says... In Psalm 139, verse 16, you saw me before I was born. So picture this. Before you were even born, God was visualizing that canvas. He saw you, and he saw what you would become before you were even born. And then it goes on, and he says, every day of my life was recorded in your book before you were born. 
He sat down and he started writing the story of your life. And then it says every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God has good things in store for you. Our job is to trust him, to let him write our story, paint that canvas, and embrace every season. I want to quote again the verse that you read uh, from Romans 8.28, also one of my favorites. But I want to kind of wrap this up with this. It says, and we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. I was, if you know me, I like to look at the original languages, and I started looking at what the Greek, the original language, actually said. And when it talks about how things work together for good, because I thought, how can all things work together for good? In the NIV, it actually says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. But this work together in this version, in this Greek original version, is the Greek word synergio. That's where we get our our English word synergy from. So I looked up the word synergy. You know what it means? The interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. In other words, when God works together for you, he takes those difficult seasons, he takes the awesome seasons, and he works together in synergy. And it says right there that he works them together in your life for a greater purpose than one of the two could produce. But when he brings them, works them together for your good, then what happens is he weaves those moments and those seasons together because it says right here that the effect of those is much greater than what they can produce on their own. That's a powerful thought. My last thought is this. God alone gives us the wisdom and the power to do what he has planned for us to do. But we have to do it according to his plan. We have to do it according to his blueprint. Because if we don't, we veer off what he planned for us. It says that he laid out our life. He planned good things. He planned your lifetime. And if you veer off, he is so beautiful, he can just come and scoop you right back in. But what he desires for each of us is to come to a place where we can live our lives according to his blueprint and his plan. Second Timothy verse 3, sorry, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. This is talking about the Bible. This is our blueprint. This is our way of sticking to his master's plan. It's literally living our lives according to that blueprint. And it goes on to say, and it's profitable for doctrine, which means teaching, for reproof, for correction. Everyone loves that part. Not. Um, For instruction in righteousness. But listen to verse 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. There it is again. God desires to equip you for every good work that he has laid out for you to do. And he will take every season, every experience, and make it something beautiful. If we wanted to become and remain God's masterpiece, then we need to follow God's blueprint and master plan for our life. The Bible is our roadmap. It's our anchor. It's our inspiration. 
I want to end with this verse, Isaiah 40, verse 29 to 31 says this, because we need his power to do this, right? We can't do it on our own. It says this, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Have you ever um, said something like this? I think I'm getting too old. Okay, okay, a few, yeah, I, I see the nods. You know, you're like, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm not as young as I used to be. I talked to a friend of mine who had a birthday party for how many boys, a whole bunch of boys yesterday. I talked to him after, and he's like, hello. I'm like, he goes, I'm not as young as I used to be, right? And uh, anyhow, sometimes we go through life, and we're like, God, I can't do this. I, I know you want me to live according to your master plan, but I don't, I don't know if I have it in me. But this verse says right here, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. And here it is, even youth. So if you, if you don't feel like a youth and you're tired, he says, even the youth will faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord, there is that wonderful waiting period. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This morning, know that you are God's masterpiece. That he has a beautiful way of taking your life and making it, perfecting it into exactly what he always intended for you to be. I want to just come back to our, the first verse I read and close with this. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 